0: My grand, great-grand or grandfather like hunted a lion or something.
1: So if you were feeling adventurous, mm. we would cross communities. And that was like the, one of the no-no rules.
0: And so he picks up the pencil and then he kisses it and he gives it to me.
2: Hello and welcome to the YAT Podcast, where YAT stands for Young African Talks. What is this show all about? It's about young Africans passionate about the continent, passionate about sharing African stories as well as amplifying African voices. Our goal is to start some awesome conversations around what's happening in the continent, especially amongst young people, what we're talking about, what we're thinking, what we're doing as well as what we hope for the future. Join us as we explore uniquely African issues from all over Africa. Hi Emmanuel and Elma, hey, welcome <laughs> yeah. to Young African Talks, thanks you guys for coming through um, Please introduce yourselves to the peoples, uh, just a brief intro of uh, who you are, where you grew up um, or slash where you are from
1: I would let the leading lady Start. of
0: course aren't you so wonderful that is an african man, ladies and gentlemen my name is alma akob aka a voice to be reckoned with and i was born in the wonderful country of cameroon known as africa in miniature and um is that all you need to know about
2: me well that works for now is there anything else you want to add how old are you are you young wow do you qualify
0: do they want to know
2: <laughs> 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 do you want to know my number
0: um well i am mm, <laughs> 20 years old what studying. okay this sorry First time you're, hearing
2: this. you're 20 years old yeah okay that does not say anything about our friendship <laughs> me not knowing her age but wow okay i'm shook anyway thank you for, for letting me know.
1: <laughs> i don't know if there's room for me to speak <laughs> but i am going to try my best yes. after a voice to be reckoned with just blew the microphone off the table anyways i'm emmanuel I do awoku if you know my name it's Ghanaian heritage zambian mom Ghanaian dad i was born in zambia i lived in swaziland ghana botswana and now i've lived part of my adulthood in sunny pretoria so that's that's me
2: i like it young african indeed come on um so uh, a little explanation to the peoples because I did do a poll on my social media, on Instagram and on my WhatsApp, asking people what they wanted to hear for episode four. Okay. And a lot of them, the choice was growing up African versus adulting choices. And a lot of people were tired of adulting and needed some help and wanted to hear about adulting <laughs> <laughs> um, for episode four. But I, I thought it would be best for us to talk about how we grew up Growing up African How that happened And now we found ourselves as adults And how that's happening So To all the people who want to hear about adulting Next episode We're gonna We're gonna do the most It's gonna be great That's right So Growing up African mm. Are we grown ups first of all? Should we call ourselves grown
0: <laughs> I mean everyone in this room Is above the age of 20 Okay so. <laughs>
2: Yes <laughs> We are indeed grown Touché. ups yeah. Indeed we are say Yeah Um What are your memories of growing up? Um, How did you grow up? Where did you live? How did you live with your extended family? Mm -hmm. You know, with just your nuclear family? Um, and how is the culture
0: around that? So back home, we are hunter-gatherers We live in huts and we hunt animals And then we feed the blood to our <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, am
2: kidding <laughs> All the Cameroonians out there, please verify their story <laughs> <laughs> No, I had to, I had to I
0: can, up African, I can
1: verify <laughs>
2: We are hunters
1: I can verify the West African story That's what I'm trying
0: Thank to you. say Actually, yeah. But anyways, no, in, in truth um, Growing up African was it was it was pretty awesome. The diversity and everything. Cameroon is known as Africa in miniature, so it means we have over 250 languages that are spoken there. Mm. Um, but I was raised in in a home where both parents were academics, so. Soon as I could talk, they had me in a British school learning English and fancy ways of talking, which is why my accent sounds like this. But sometimes like, I can still bring out the West African accent. Oh. Yeah. Come, on, come, on, come on, come on, come oh. on. <laughs> but then sometimes you do switch it up. Um, <laughs> so so that was that's that's my growing up African, just being in a very academic home with parents doing PhDs and all these academic things. But in terms of food And I know, Emma, that you can back me up on this one. Show us African food.
1: I'm being brought into the discussion.
0: Sorry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wait, so the food, the family, how many siblings were you? So there's three of us. Um, Uh I'm the last born. What, what? And it was just you guys and it was us and then actually thank you for bringing that up we never grew up as just us as it is in an african family Mm -hmm. every time my parents had a very giving heart so we would always have adopted siblings that would be in and out of the house they had a thing of sponsoring kids through education so they sponsored them through even when we moved to south africa they were still doing that so it was never just five people no (laughs) yeah
2: similar for you emmanuel i know when i was i was like I lived in Kenya till I was 8 mm. and I have memories from like 5 till 8 um, I had uncles and aunts living in our house a tiny 2 bedroom house yeah. you know what I mean and it's me and my sister my brother wasn't born yet and my 2 parents and like uncles and aunts you know like moving through the house what about you what was your um,
1: childhood So, like? so before I get into the family thing I would like to just say the concept of home doesn't mean anything to me um, that
2: was a different episode, my friend. <laughs> but go on. Sorry.
1: No, we're talking about growing up, yes, um, right? Yeah. You know, the concept of home now doesn't mean much, you know. But I only figured that out when I came to South Africa, mm. you know. Because it's this whole where are you from question. Yes. You know, but to dive back into the family. Um, my dad met my mom in Zambia, mm. you know. I was born in Zambia. And then two years they moved to Swaziland because my dad got a teaching job there. That's where my brother was born. So for the most part, it's just been us as a nuclear family, mm. um, until the two thousands way, my brother and I went to live in Ghana with my dad's, um, side of the family. And my parents then came to Botswana, which is where they still are now. Mm-hmm. So I've had the nuclear family experience. I've also had the extended family experience. I have four other cousins. Um, uncles, grandparents, you know, so, so yeah, it's great. Mm. And I mean, I don't even want to start talking about food, like, this episode will take hey. a shot left.
2: Yes, I agree. I agree. I <laughs> agree. Hey. oh my goodness. But, like, what age were you when you were moved? Like, what is that timeline like? Ooh. Because you said zero to two, Zambia two to
1: six. Okay, cool. So, I was born in Zambia. Yes. And my brother was born in Swaziland. Yeah. So, pretty much, um, about two years older than my brother. Yeah. So, by the time I was two, my parents had already been in Swaziland. Mm-hmm. My brother was born. Uh, we lived in Swaziland for, for four years.
2: So, you were six, your brother's four.
1: My, I was six, my brother was four. My parents were like, West Africa. So, between six and ten, I was in Ghana. Between ten... <sighs> In 17, I was in Botswana.
2: Wow. Sorry, 10 and
1: 18, 18. I was in Botswana and then from 18, I'm in South Africa now.
2: What was the difference like? Mm. You know, Zambia, Southland, mm. Ghana. Mm. What was that like?
1: So, I don't know if my dad did this by design, but, you know, he, he wasn't culture focused. Mm-hmm. So, he raised us to be open, you know, like... He watched Formula One. I was like, I just didn't understand. My why dad why watched you, Formula One. Is that a thing? Why was why like... Watching, like, I was like, why are you, <laughs> you watching Formula One? People, like... You know, and 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 that was when I understood the international um, grasp that my dad brought, the dynamic ah. that he brought. You know, so watching him watch English sports, international ah. sports, ah. athletics, the Olympics. I have never missed an Olympics.
2: Okay.
1: So that. Set in my mind that the world is literally can be at your fingertips, you know
2: But I hear you, but what I'm trying to get Mm. at is you were four years old Yeah And you had some, I would, I'm going to completely assume that Zambia, Southland, sort of, kind of Almost the same, not much of a big change
1: Sure, sure
2: And then Southern Africa, then Ghana Mm. You know it's like how was that like
1: you know when you're a kid you have so much resilience Uh you know you're put in a different environment and you just have to thrive yeah do you know what i mean you're just introduced to your granddad you're told this is dinner (laughs) you can't refuse okay do you know what i mean yeah so i i can't remember how i felt in that difference what i would say is i missed my family Mm. you know i missed being away from my mom and my dad
2: okay so Hmm. for me i had a period of time where i also lived with my grandmother in the village so like from zero to eight i stayed in the same house same town in Mm. kenya a town called machakos um i had basically the same friends but i remember i we would go to the village very often and my grandmother was there and that's like no paved roads, no running the electricity, no running water. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was like, that was like,
1: that was home. And
2: in my culture, my married culture, home is where your father is born. Mm. Ooh. It's not even where you're living. Mm. So I have a very like, um, Now it's different what I call home for me, but culturally, my cultural home, it's Mm. my father. And, you know, I had so many great associations with my grandmother and my cousins in the village Mm. because they weren't in the town. But that was the thing and I remember we'd go and we'd play all the time and there was this massive swing that they built for us whenever it would come home between the trees and we'd be like swinging on the swings and all of that stuff. Do you have that lived experience, Alma? I do! That's why I said that's the good times,
0: guys. The hunting season. <laughs> I need to stop what saying What were you, you hunting? Wait. <laughs> Wait hmm.
1: She was hunting Listen, those you words.
0: Know, you know what's funny? Like your <laughs> school. Thank you very much. <laughs> But um, like you mentioned, with um, going home, and going to the village, and everything, my village and village your your father's home being your home yeah. is the same sort of thing with us. My village is called Oshé, and it's known we were best known to be the best hunters. Mm. And my grand great grandfather, or grandfather, like hunted a lion or something. So. What? Listen, okay, I don't know if
2: maybe we should edit that out Because I mean, it's a more cruelty and stuff now No, I'm sorry, the people need to know who they need to be stuck Listen, with If they're ever stuck in the wilderness with somebody, it should
0: be Elma Call me up guys, we'll make a bush fire but, Yes <laughs> Village times were just... My, my parents made it... Um, I mean, even though they were very Western-minded in the sense that they wanted us to, to be more than what the country restricted us to being, which is why they gave us the whole British education and all of that, they never wanted us to forget where home is, which is where I differ from Emmanuel in a bit, in that every single year, even when we moved to South Africa, we would go back home every December, and it was something that just had to happen. And every time we would go back home, we would go to the village... Which mm-hmm. is like the Yeah call it We call it the village I don't know what they call it here You call Ekaya. It the home They call it Ekaya <laughs> <right>? Ekaya <laughs> Thank you Well You know Wait so
2: when did you move to South Africa <clears throat> what So ish? I moved when I was 8 turning 9 Oh same oh, Okay cool. so So I'm assuming you started Some sort of schooling experience In Cameroon mm. mm-hmm. So, so I started us. up Oh child Well that's hell
0: <laughs> So um, I went up to Class 4 For those who know classes and forms, can we high five over Mike? Well, those are high five. You can
2: tell our age because we call it class and not like grades.
1: Okay, 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 okay. Let's you know. Let's not like do that. You know. Let's be inclusive. Thank you.
0: Moving swiftly forward. <laughs> so I left when I was in like class four and then my sisters had gone through high school. The thing about high school is and the thing about Cameroon is it's broken up into an English and a French side. Oh, so it's eighty yes, percent French, twenty percent English, and we were from the English side. Now the French side is very more laissez faire, like the word in French. Like they're so laid back. The girls Mm -hmm. can wear... Like, sometimes we used to hear these stories that they get to wear clothes to school and they get to braid their hair and stuff because they're on the French side. But we were probably... I mean, back in the day, colonized by the Brits, we were, like, proper Proper. dressed up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and everything. And everyone, when you went to high school, you had to shave your head. What? Girls, guys, all of... Why? Because there had to be uniformity. So it was a thing of you're going to high school to learn and to focus, and there shouldn't be any distractions. So... It shouldn't what, be a distraction if I need to do this hairstyle or I need to do that hairstyle. So everyone had short hair.
2: Wait, is this a this is a British school? An well, no, English it's speaking in the English
0: side. So, so whether it be British oh, or so not, e-
2: English oh. speaking school. Yes. Is was it a private school, public no, school? No, private, public, all of. All of. So
0: all the schools
2: except in the French
0: area, where yeah. they were a little bit more lenient. All the schools in the English side of Cameroon had to shave your head.
2: Huh. So, I get the uniformity thing Mm -hmm. because Kenya, also, we were colonized by the British. Call me Meghan Markle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, We had that idea of school as a strict, hard working place where Mm. you go to learn. Mm. You have to have, we had these navy blue uniform dresses, right? Always. Under, longer baby. than the, Under, you know this African thing where the, your mom buys clothes that are three sizes is bigger yeah, than you said you grow, grow into it, it. <laughs> my my standard one dress was like mid-calf that's where it needed to be <laughs> you know and it was like we had to have cornrows straight ones going mm. back all the girls mm. no variation and if you did anything you would be sent back home the exactly. boys would sh- um shave off all their head we had to have clean white handkerchiefs and clean white socks as the girls Mm. and the boys had to have a handkerchief and like either gray socks yeah i think it was gray socks and there was a check a uniform check at the school gate all the time every morning and if if you and the nails Mm. and the nails and if you if one sock (laughs) was out of line i remember kids used to take off their socks and like um fold it but then the, the the catch is now you don't have socks, so I don't know who came up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it didn't work. <laughs> there was no
2: foresight. So, <laughs> yeah, I just remember that, and I remember walking to school. I remember we used to walk past this river, like a stream mm. that creates like a not a rigid a valley. Mm-hmm and there used to be the story that a witch lived down Always. there all the all everybody of
0: water had a story about a witch <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it was
2: yeah and i don't know who came up with that
0: so yes in terms of uniformity and one thing that we also had that i noticed isn't in south africa is all the boarding schools were co-ed i know what you're thinking what all if not there were very few but most boarding schools were co-ed and oh. it worked perfectly fine huh. like that's another thing. Corporal punishment was still a thing. I think it's still, okay, it's yeah. cut down. Corporal punishment is still a mm, thing. It's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. okay. I need to go back home and check. But it was <laughs> one of those things where, right from a young age, I mean, I was in class four, I left when I was eight. By that stage, if you were holding a boy's hand if you looked at a guy you got beat i remember i'll never forget i never forget the story there i was an innocent little girl seven years old innocent i wasn't thinking anything it was from a christian background praise the lord i'm sitting in class <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah wow and the, hallelujah and the guy who's sitting next to me right obviously he wasn't raised by the lord but anyways um he drops his pencil and then he like, looks at me and nudges me to like pick it up. Mom, I'm not picking up your pencil. Like, you've got two hands. You know, I was also very spicy, of course. And so he picks up the pencil and then he kisses it and he gives it to me. Oh! that is basically sexual what, you, what intercourse. do you mean
2: what do you mean it wasn't raised by the lord if that's not divine game if, <laughs>
0: that's not divine long,
2: game
1: that's someone,
0: that's like that's someone who hasn't been raised anyways and so <laughs> obviously sorry
1: guys it's not that i'm not talking i'm just laughing <laughs>
0: And so now he's seven and
2: he's kissing pencils and it's place.
0: unacceptable. So I look at this pencil, I run away from it because, like I said, that pencil is literally sexual intercourse. I'm not about to touch a pencil that's been kissed by a male. <laughs> so I go to break, come back, teacher calls me in front and calls this guy in front. Turns out the person who was sitting at the back of us. Was had said that Oh we're probably dating Because he kissed my pen And gave it to me Oh well wasn't that the day That I, your child I got beat <laughs> And the thing with getting beat Is Okay it's like It's like a pipe You know those like pipes Like water pipes Those thin ones That are like flexible mm-hmm. And you just whoosh. On, on the hand and the thing is when you're crying you must finish crying before you go home. Because if you're crying while at home the parents will be like, Why are you crying? And then you must <laughs> not explain.
2: And then get around say
0: mom. it <laughs> was a thing about kissing a boy. Then get round two. So yeah. That's my school experience. <laughs> and what class was this? So that was that happened in class three, but I left in middle of class four. So I got here in August.
2: So I started class when I was five years old, standard one my mom lied that i was six instead of five because i was a tall chubby kid and no she knew nobody would ask questions so (laughs) i got in that way um what about you emmanuel when did you start school what country was it and what were your school experiences
1: um i don't remember much school in swaziland but i do remember the whole ghana experience because um after colonization most West African countries invested in their education. That's, right. That's why West Africa keeps on producing rigorous um, researchers. Not that the rest of Africa is slacking, but you know. Um, so Ghana, very uh, like the education system is very studious. You know, mm. from from the get go, you know, kids are carrying books. Mm. You're in class from eight to four. Mm. You know, like they train that in you, and and yeah, I would say like. Those were the best formative years ever, you know, because I feel like that foundation literally just set everything. So I had four years of schooling in Ghana, uh, so basically class one, class two, uh, class three, class four, and I did class five actually. But another thing about the West African system is that we start in August so we don't so we don't start in january so we start in august right and then when i finally moved down to botswana Mm -hmm. i had to redo a grade i had already done because they couldn't because you guys were about to do your third term and write exams yeah so i did not like meet you know the criteria so there was a gap and then my parents were like no it's fine just redo it so yeah, I redid it, obviously aced it, Yes. and yeah, everything else was literally like an ace because like how much I had covered in Ghana was like what I was doing yeah. in like class in standard six.
0: That's such a good point. So yeah. it, was, it, was, it,
1: was, it was a bit boring, but there were some things I didn't know as well, you know. So yeah, schooling in Ghana was actually the first time I realized that I was smart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice childhood memory to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, then what's the Ghana, like, what is the schooling system, if you remember? I know in Kenya it's called 844. Mm-hmm. So, you'd have eight mm-hmm. years of primary school, four years of high school, eight. eight years of primary school. Yeah, you go up to standard eight.
1: And then four years of high school? And yes. Then?
2: And then four years of a degree.
1: Uh, okay.
2: So, and and then I found in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can't I was coming on Well, it's actually. The numbers add up. They add yeah, up. they
2: add up at the end. The
1: numbers add up, but a bit speculative. And Why?
2: And like Botswana is close It's seven years of primary school
1: Five years Southern Africa Mm. Then
2: five years Of high school school. And then you go on To the four Years of university Um, What What was it like in Ghana
1: I don't know if This is any different From yours Mm -hmm. But six years of primary really yes six years Mm -hmm. so your primary is class one to class Class six Six. then you go into something called junior secondary school
2: oh we call it jss
1: so jss one two three and then you move on to senior secondary school Uh which is called sss one two three then you're eligible for varsity Uh so it's six three three Uh which comes to 12.
0: similar to ours so we also have the six in primary school so one two three four five six And then um, form one, two, three, four, and five, five years. Then there's like lower sixth, upper sixth, (laughs) and then varsity. Wow. So basically the whole idea of a junior college, senior college. And then in regards to what age we start school, we start school as soon as we can speak. So for example, I started at three, my sister started at two.
2: Okay, so Kenya, actually, also I need to put out a disclaimer that these are my memories from when I was there. The education... Thing, it might have changed mm. And I'm pretty sure my parents one was different Because they went through 6 years of high school But it was like you said Upper high school They did yeah. 4 They wrote like Jeez. some sort of And then they oh, did level. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, but I also did nursery school mm. For 2 years Before I went to primary school mm. I remember now and it was so much fun, lots of (laughs) napping, you know, I remember that, like, I I don't
1: remember you started school at three,
0: Mm. my sister started
1: at two, I I can't reconcile that, I I genuinely don't know when I started school, but I think it was in the normal bracket between five and six. Mm. Um that is that is quite that is very interesting. And the actually. thing is like
0: well, I wanna actually I like, just talk about that very quickly is mm. we noticed when we moved here that um, and it probably has something to do with responsibilities and kids in West Africa or other African countries having a lot more responsibilities at a younger age. Mm. But it seems that here in South Africa especially, I can't comment on any other one, that kids develop later. Like it's it's you'll find a three year old who can't execute a sentence as of yet. I mean that's probably normal, but then back home that would be like mm. something might be <laughs> your child might need special education or whatnot, but from three I mean we were walking to school alone, we had responsibilities and, 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 and that sort of thing and like you said the work started from the onset. Um, like you said as well Mm -hmm. by the time we came back to SA, we realized that like wow
1: yeah Yeah. wow but (laughs) but interesting to note although this is a whole different chat right um the one very a uh, big difference between West Africa and Southern Africa is that in Southern Africa, most countries invested in their infrastructure True. as opposed to West Africa, where we invested in, in our education. education yeah. So yeah. it's it's such a small thing to note, but it actually explains why the landscape yeah. is like that, you know, and then obviously you bring in the inequality exactly. and then... You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Cause I remember how serious school used to be, like Yo. that report card where you were told your Yo. position. I Yo. of The whole class, uh, uh, guys. Uh, uh, guys. I remember this one time I was <laughs> position one in the whole class, and I got an award, and I was so happy. And there was like a whole ceremony on the dusty playground field mm. with a tent, and my parents attended, and I was so proud. Which class was this? Um, class standard three. Yeah, it was standard three.
0: We've been getting
1: these belts. (laughs) In my
2: life, we couldn't be anything
0: less than number one. Dude. So what I remember is when I came number
2: two. (laughs) I was like. Uh, it's going down today. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You have to explain. Oh, if you move down to a lower position the next term, hey. and it's like, I'm sorry, what, what happened? What happened? Who like, have you been talking to? What
0: are your friends? <sighs> Yo.
1: Yeah, no. African parents are like, <laughs> I remember. So before I realized I was smart, so like I was like playful. Of course. Right? Mm. So in class three, right, there were 30 of us. So how they did it is half of you proceed. The other half repeat
2: uh, oh my word guess
1: what number your boy came instantly i don't
2: know i
1: came 15. <laughs> that was when i tied Take my shoelaces life. i buttoned my shirt and i hit the books hard it, it is scary
2: yeah double digits you do not hit double digits
1: it is, it is scary oh. yeah and then like you said the report card becomes a thing you know mm-hmm. like when you get your report card like I remember the whole family would be there. Even yeah. You. Yeah. all of us. Our...
2: And your yeah. you're less than you're five, six, seven years old and you're worried about, you know, like performance very much, you know? <laughs> wow, guys. So, school, as you can tell people, school was hectic. Yeah, it was hectic. What change. happened after school when you got home? What was that like oh, with the friends, God. you know, at home? What were you playing? Who are you playing I with? What I'm doing. You know, it's like I don't remember having homework because i did all my homework at oh hey wait, must we be used, to, wait 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 no oh. no no i haven't ex- i have a reason why we used to have class for our morning i don't remember what time it was probably eight it used to be cold sometimes i remember so seven or eight early then till two and lunch lunch was one till two then two to four you had like some sort of not ho- homework but like assignment like classes where you, there was three classes in the standard. So standard one A, standard one B, Mm. standard one C, and the teachers would write like assignments on the board and in the two hours, all the kids would rotate amongst the three classes and do all the assignments on the board. And if you didn't finish all the assignments, you'd have to go home with it. But I usually used to finish all mine in class and the mm. teacher would mark it. Mm. So I don't remember having homework. Hey, come on. Hey, I don't
3: hey. want to brag.
2: But but, know. You know. No, but like that used to be the thing. If you don't finish, you have homework. So you finish. So when you go home, you, <laughs> you can play. Out. You know what I mean? Like that was what every kid was doing. Mm.
1: That, was, that was interesting. Um, I remember school ended at one oh. for for us. I'm I'm not sure. I think that that's was on privileged. a Friday. <laughs> that right there
0: is I look I don't wanna yeah. say it. I don't wanna say it, but that's <laughs> privilege if I ever say No
1: no 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 guys I'm I'm sketchy on the details. I think that was Friday. Yeah, and, like Friday time. and Monday to Wednesday I think maybe it was like three.
0: There we go. Yeah, okay. I okay. can't. Okay.
1: But wow, that is actually oh my gosh! It's bringing back so, so many memories. Right. <gasps>
0: yeah. What? Going home because obviously we walked home. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, sure.
0: with, as a group, yes, you It was the best, best time. time. It was you're big all big. together, yeah, was, and you're dropping um, people off as you're going, yeah, it was, and you always have some coin to buy something on the road, guys. And Always. you know
2: the name of the the shopkeeper that's on yes, the way and they sometimes it gives you speaking, more
0: free. That's the or more, yes. So yeah, that was very enjoyable. The oh, food on the way home. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Um, <laughs> so then I would uh from what I can remember, I'd go home, probably homework. I apparently had this tendency of making myself teacher for all the kids in the neighborhood mm. <laughs> my yeah. mom said that they were diligent in attending my class like they would know there's a time they're going for classes with Alma. My- that what i taught them i don't know if your kids have learned something it's not from me i'm not liable um,
1: <laughs> put <that> out there. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless they're nobel laureates
0: look if they are come back to me i'm the reason why they are there so that would happen um obviously help out where you can in the kitchen and stuff nice thing about being a last born all my fellow last borns was um <laughs> they hate us but they love us but, um, yes we do is uh. well, we were born in the times of you know there are no more struggles you know like whenever parents say that they struggle they struggled when they had like their first two kids but by last born yeah. we're flourishing my guys we didn't do these dishwashing things what do you mean Ooh. no I'm joking sometimes I did wash the dishes I'm gonna say that because my sister will come after me um I <laughs> sometimes
2: i was like in an african home not doing dishes no i what did do dishes i wasn't spoiled i was
0: yeah. i did dishes and i did chopping of vegetables and then they did the cooking because they didn't want to let me cook but anyways that's what that hit my heart sorry <laughs> that's an issue that i'll take up with the fam
2: but yeah and around you emmanuel
1: um wow well, lots lots i mean i used to play soccer you know soccer was like one of the tenants of the communities that we lived in mm. so we had we were addressed by streets uh, so My dad also grew up in that same house. So AK 35 That was my dad's house my my granddad's house. So, you know, we split ourselves in communities we hosted soccer matches soccer tournaments and um, Yeah, so like that was one of the things that I really did after school apart from loitering and gallivanting you know that came boys, that came that came naturally you know um, if you were feeling adventurous you would cross so we had like the main road mm-hmm. so like wow well, okay I'm gonna explain this so Tema in Ghana um, that's where I lived so like I said my street was AK Um, 35 well AK Mm -hmm. and the house is 1 blah 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 35 Mm -hmm. then the next street to be AL the street before that is AJ Mm -hmm. if you cross the street, you go into community 10 Mm -hmm. so we were community 11 and then if you cross the other street on the other side it's community 9 Mm -hmm. so if you were feeling adventurous Mm -hmm. we would cross communities and that was like one of the no-no rules 'Cause yeah. like hey. you could get lost. Legit, yeah. right. So yeah, if you're feeling adventurous it was one of the things you did. You and your boys, you would cross over, you know, just walk in there a bit, see what's happening on the other side. <laughs> Come home late. Maybe Can you I get imagine? a beating.
2: What?
1: If your aunt that used to beat you was not there. Oh
2: what do you mean aunt? your aunt? Not you, you have both parents. Oh. Yeah, but there's always I a, didn't a beating live with my parents one. in Ghana. Oh sorry, I forgot. Yes. yes.
1: So if the aunt who used to give me the beating was not there mm. her, Oh my gosh, I missed a bullet <laughs> If she was there
2: uh, Woo! Prepare yourself hey. <laughs>
1: um,
2: First of all, I relate with the being adventurous My form of, av- of adventures was like stealing um, pieces of meat from the kitchen You deserve uh, the beating uh, Wait, uh, wait, you wait, wait the beating Wait guys, let ungovernable go Wait guys, <laughs> did you never play house? Uh as groups of girls Where you pretended to you're cooking yes. over a can of yes. water and so fire so somebody steals Back oil, somebody oil. steals... <laughs> okay <laughs> no I eat.
0: know what you're talking somebody about somebody steals veggies... because you gotta make a meal yourselves right? They're nah true. I'm with you. I thought you meant like going to steal our meat from the pots. I was about to say you have chest, I girl. do not have a death wish. Hey! ah oh, that's claim with your soul.
2: <laughs> yeah so discipline, we have seen a lot Um, out of the three of us, who was, you've already mentioned being whooped by the aunt? What about you, Alma? I cannot disclose such information.
0: (laughs) I'm trying not to get sued in future. No, I'm kidding. With me, eh, ah, okay. Mom and dad, if you hear this, I love you so much. (laughs) Um, it was, look, I'll say that we were better off. In some West African homes Because some kids got beat real bad mm. But we yeah. It was It was something where If you did You saw it coming Like you did something And you know That you deserved it And it was never like um, I'd never seen a belt It wasn't that sort of It would be like For example My dad would be combing his hair Or something And if you had done something wrong he just used that comb <laughs> Like there wasn't a my specific My mom in item. a wooden spoon You see There wasn't like a specific Because I mean I know in some In some white homes There's like the beet spoon. But with uh, with me especially I'm not there wasn't like a utensil that was there specifically. Like if I remember This was This never happened to me Like I said again Last born Things have changed <laughs> Praise the Lord mm. But I <laughs> heard stories Of this one time <laughs> Where it wasn't even Within the family Because you know That's another thing with, with West African homes I don't know I don't want to say African in general Because I haven't been around Yeah To to your experience Every parent governs Every parent So I've always said That Cameroon is like A community governed country Where an adult Could be walking around See a youth smoking And tell them to stop smoking Or like take the cigarette away mm-hmm. um, So in that same God, if you did something naughty and my dad knew your dad or you were on the property, he would also discipline you, that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so there was this kid who had done something that he wasn't supposed to do and I remember my dad because we had a guava tree, mango tree, all the different trees, he was just like, you see that tree over there It's this one branch, looks really nice, (laughs) go fetch it (laughs) and then I got the branch and cleaned the leaves and everything so it was like a nice thin stick (laughs) and then we all know what happened next r.i.p but yeah no pun intended
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't like boarding schools you know if we're talking about disciplines on that level yeah. but but you know wait anyways, have you
2: been to a boarding school
1: I, I oh my gosh i am so grateful even me <laughs> never. Well, guys have boarding I. school in west africa
2: huh? Hey, huh? boarding school in east africa Sorry. Kenyan boarding schools.
4: Mm.
1: Guys, <laughs> you,
2: you, you, you hear stories. <laughs> my mom tells me stories of her experiences.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah no, and you know, <laughs> I love this thread from my parents. <laughs> it was I used to laugh at them. Sorry, sorry, mom, sorry, dad. They were like, "You're so in undisciplined. I should have taken you to boarding school." <laughs> and then I just turn no, around no. and look at them and be like, "What?" <laughs> Um, like guys, and they wanna take my sister. My sister is like seven. Mm. They wanna take my sister to boarding school. Pray that's that's it not going to. It depends on where the country. That's not going Get to. Get on your knees, Mm-mm. pray. <laughs> it does not depend on the country. I mean, even in South Africa, we like yeah, it it's it's things go down. It's what do you call it. There is no demographic that does not have horror stories on mm. um, boarding school. But anyways, back to the discipline. Who is the
2: primary disciplinarian in your family? I know that for me, it depended on what I did. Yeah. So if it was a, wait till your father gets home, you know I did something <laughs> bad. <laughs> you know? And my father had a modest operandi of telling you to go get his belt. Ah. If it was something minor and my mom could handle it on her own... The wooden spoon, the <laughs> slipper, her hat, you know, things. it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, who is the primary disciplinarian in your family? And and you can answer and then you can tell me whether your friends also huh. went through the same thing. That's like, my dad,
0: okay, my dad had this thing about him where he looked strict, right? And he wouldn't even raise his voice. That's the thing about my father. It was one of those African looks... Like he could look at you and you would cry because you knew what you had done. <laughs> you were already guilty and you felt like you had already been punished, and he hadn't even started. And so my friends from back home knew that my dad was strict mm-hmm. without him even doing anything or saying anything. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when he did speak, ah, it does lead. You were done. It does lead. So yeah, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't a physical um, sort of you know, discipline thing. It was just the voice and the looks, guys.
1: Yeah. I, t- I mean, you know, I grew, I'd say half-half between my extended family and then with my mom and my dad, you know. Um, I remember my aunt, you know, disciplining me a couple of times. The one time, it just didn't make sense. But anyways, you know, when you're a kid, they don't ask you. That is what I hated about the discipline they don't ask you they just you just just turn around you go fetch whatever and then you get the you know you get the spanking you know and also when I lived with my dad my dad was the the disciplinarian um I only remember on a couple of occasions you know where he spanked my brother and I um but I was I was a bit fearful of of my dad you know like that's We were not brought up to be close to our parents, Mm. you know. So, there was a very high power distance between my dad and I. And also because there was, you know, we had lived apart from them for a while, you know. So, it was also like we were getting to know them. And that was the first time I realized that my dad is not always going to be nice to me, you know. Because it's such a fairy tale. Like, you know, you're away from your parents. Mm. You're reunited, you know, happily ever after. And then... Mm. You're brought down to earth, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, I agree and like relate so much with you saying that what you didn't like is if they didn't ask you. Mm. Because I will be completely honest, and I only got to this understanding <coughs> when I was um, older, like 15 and above. And I just reflected on the fact that I was only beaten when I did something wrong. You know, it was a consequence to a negative action on my part. And part of the torture was also knowing that, you, when my parents found out, when I get home, you know what I mean? And it's like, and it was like, so, and it was. All my friends were also being beaten. Like we'd compare <laughs> war <laughs> stories. Are you serious? You know, it's like survival. No, survival. guys, this is serious. Like it was normal. Are you serious? Yeah. So you wouldn't feel like the odd one out yeah. or something is different or you are not loved because you are beaten. Mm-hmm. Everybody's being beaten. That's normal. And why are you being beaten? Because you did beaten. something You're wrong.
1: All <laughs> Look under your chin.
2: <laughs> You're giving a reason. <laughs> Guys, no, your friends are being beaten. Also, did you it's, guys talk about this? You guys, it's
1: not something I remember or okay. not. Do okay. you do okay. know what I mean? Yeah, but I definitely know we didn't go around comparing stories.
2: No, we, we, we you know I mean? yeah, we discussed it. And the one thing that I, to this day, I remember, I have a memory of it, is because I was beaten and I thought it was completely unfair. Mm-hmm. Now, what had happened was, Mm -hmm. we were at a gathering. And this was when I was in Botswana. I was like 13 or 14. Definitely like adolescent girl, teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, We were at a family friend's house. It was a Kenyan gathering. Just aunties and uncles. Okay, the aunties are everywhere. The dads are outside Mm -hmm. drinking Um, And what happened was, you know, when you're in that weird phase, so you're not with a young adult, but you're not a young kid either. So you just hang around, Mm -hmm. but you can like migrate. So I was in that stage And I was with the young kids watching TV like cartoons I could still do it Cause also my sister was like 10 And my brother was around He was a toddler Oh yeah But um, The cartoon finished and I remember specifically As the oldest in the group I was like um, I don't know why But I had to change the channel And so The oldest child in that household Was a guy It was a guy He was definitely much older than me. He's probably, I'm like 14, 15, 13, maybe. I don't don't remember the exact age, but he was definitely like 16, 15, 16, I doubt 17. Mm. So I went off looking for him, like, cause I'm like, his name is Daniel. I was like, where's Daniel? Where's the TV remote? We need to change the channel so i asked someone i do not know who i asked where daniel was and they said they led me to some sort of room and i don't know what that room was i doubt it was his bedroom but it was it was obvious that i was looking for daniel because i wanted the remote i got the remote everything was fine i went home Mm. when we went home i was called into my parents bedroom (laughs) and they were like um what were you looking for daniel for (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> ah, why, were you, why were you following daniel around yeah. was daniel owing you we were told that you I were already... in his bedroom Ha!
0: Yo, guys.
2: i was first of all i was stunned because i had no conceptualization at the time i don't think i was even <laughs> thinking about boys i was such a good at two shoes guys at that point i was helping out for sunday school with the little babies mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and i was so shocked and i was I was like, no, I was looking for the remote Did I not get a beating, guys? I think that's the most serious beating I've ever gotten in my life Ah. Did I not feel so Yeah You know, like, just like seething With anger Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, they (coughs) would believe them Mm. Over me Like That's the only time I've ever felt like
1: It's not even that they would believe Them over me, but They didn't ask you no, they asked me. No, 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 no. They didn't ask you in a sit down, my child, and tell us. Oh. They asked you in a rhetoric sense.
2: Yeah.
0: They
1: didn't want your answer. They did not want <laughs> your they don't care. You came with a thesis. No. PowerPoint
0: presentation. And, and
1: that is and you know, and that is what I'm trying to change with relating with my parents. Yeah. You know, like hearing the sides of the stories. Mm. And yeah, we all have had unfair beatings. But I don't know, I guess I was glad I was a boy because after a while, I knew my parents couldn't beat me. Hmm. So that's... because
2: so you were going to fight back or what? What? <laughs> <laughs> did, did you not know that thing, oh, you want to fight me now, you want to beat me and then the beating intensifies. Intensifies. Oh, you're running away. You're
0: dodging. You are now a dodger. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this is dodgeball for you. <laughs> Hey! I'm done! You I'm done! <laughs> I'm done! Close the door! I'm, just... I'm
1: done!
0: You okay? The car, look,
1: look, 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 look! What? Listen, what? after the dodging, oh. after, you know, the name calling, after they've beaten you, you know, you just look at them and you're like, I'm gonna go to my room now. And... When I had the courage to do that, yeah, that's, you know. They
0: were like, all right, doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like, I don't understand why they couldn't talk to me from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But, but yeah, I know the, your dodger killed me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. Okay, guys, so it's real Ah, you're just supposed to stand there and take it
1: <laughs> you're, you're legit So,
2: I know, l- looking back and saying that I, I understood it And I, it's not like I'm sitting here being like I was beaten as a child mm-hmm. <laughs> My life will never be the same But I don't think I will beat My child I mean, like, we have the recent um, Law that was passed this year in South Africa A few months ago that it is unconstitutional To spank your child mm-hmm. And as I was just doing some Reading and into this They said like It's a spectrum You know It's not that Light spanking is allowed And you know Child abuse Which we do not condone at all I mean like obviously But it's like Do not put your hands on your children Yeah Because obviously it's hard to draw the line Like Mm. what's light and what's Mm. not But it's like How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the legal aspect of that? Where parents are told You are not allowed to lay your hands on your kids And How do you feel about you as parents?
1: You know, like a young adult.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think think beating a child is lazy parenting. So I used to... So, like, remember I mentioned I have a very young sister, you know? Mm -hmm. And I used to, like, spank her, right? Mm. You know? But then I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and he's like, when you spank a child, they don't understand what's going on. But if you sit down and tell them, this is what you did wrong and you can't do this again so from that day on i have never spanked my sister i will never spank my my kids because i think you know that form of punishment is lazy parenting you know you need to be involved in your kid's life you need to know what habits your kids are picking up you need to talk to your kid and be like you can't be climbing up that vase you Mm -hmm. know On the other spectrum, you know, we need like a mechanism where we discipline um, our kids, you know, because like now there's a vacuum, you know, especially in many African states, like spanking is how we discipline a child from school, from church, Mm. you know, like you don't beat your kid. Oh, Okay.
0: Mm. You know
2: Westernized.
0: Your kid mm. is going to be a
1: thief. Oh like
2: Yeah.
0: Are we
1: going to let this one you yeah. know, you know it's it descends. And if the
2: kid is rebellious, it's because you don't beat them, bam.
1: It, it you know, it descends into into all of that. So we do need new strategies outside of the we can't spank kids <coughs> anymore. Because yeah. disciplining a child is not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. We, we we get that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So
0: and then for me, well, for the purposes of keeping my ID, I'll say that I won't spank my kid. Because <laughs> so I'm trying to stay legal in this country. Wow. But <laughs>
3: ah!
0: to this the side, if I wasn't trying to keep my ID, um, I think there's a place. I think there's a place for, um, and I don't know how to explain it without coming across as a child beater, but. <laughs> Elma,
2: Elma, is there a rate? <laughs>
0: let me let me think about how much i can sugarcoat so so the, yeah and also with this whole thing about the, the the new law that has been passed i find it almost impossible to govern it's something that currently mm. happens in denmark and i know this because i i have family friends in denmark and um he 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 raised his voice at a son and his son called child support And there was like a whole time Where the kid was away for like 24 hours And they had to do a sit down interview To find out if he's being abused And all of that And my problem with that is If it becomes that issue here It's going to be a scapegoat Because every time you feel like You know I'm sick of these people Like they keep shouting at me You can really genuinely Just take your parents And have them you know Locked up or whatever So yes there's a place To sit your child down And explain to them um, But I think that comes later like by later i mean not as late as teenager you even know as soon as your kid can actually comprehend what's right or wrong because one thing is when i was younger i understood maybe i don't even remember Mm. if i was beat but if i was i would have understood that if i touched fire and my mom like quickly tapped my hand don't do it that would be more than let's talk If you touch the fire it will burn you That sort of thing it's, it's one of those immediate responses Where I don't think that if in any case Whip out and start beating your child mm. But if it's something that In the moment They'll learn like because of cautionary means Then maybe Very reserved yeah. Very with a pillow
2: hmm. <laughs> What do you think about The state telling parents how to Discipline their kids
1: I mean, I'm I'm trying to speak from like, you know, a learned person, you know, I don't know the whole extent of it, but if a state is going to intervene in how, you know, a couple are going to raise their kids, the state must also then provide all the means to help the the couple govern the kids if they deem the couple unacceptable by the means that they are, you know, approaching. So the state can't be like, you're doing it wrong. Okay. Thank you for your time. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it, again, creates that vacuum that mm-hmm. this, you know, passing this law creates. So, like I said, we need new mechanisms. We need new strategies, you know. And, you know, on comprehending what was right and wrong, mm-hmm. that, is, that is the key element because my sister is smart. Mm. She knows when she's about to do something wrong. And I, re- <laughs> yes. and I refuse to... We all to... did.
2: That's why we were scared of the whooping. Because yes, we but, knew. But
1: I refuse to not talk to my sister and be like, if you do that, you're going to break your arm. Or if you do that, you're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? And of course, she does do it sometimes. But what we're teaching the kid is, when we want to talk to you, mm. you're going to listen to us. And as the kid... <sighs> It's actually weird because now it becomes a whole psychology thing. Because mm-hmm. then your kid actually grows up to have a say when they are being wronged. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I get the whole if there's a fire, choo, mm-hmm. you know? But like she said, you know, does it become now the kid has raised their voice mm-hmm. and then they've called child <laughs> services because my mom raised, you know, my mom yeah. gave me a light tapping. <laughs> You know and the next two years of my life are going to be ruined
2: wow guys i i think it's complicated i think i do not condone child abuse obviously and the state should intervene when a child is not being uh is not uh in a place that encourages its well-being because in, in as much as we joke about in my um. In my life and the people I've had this conversation with I don't I didn't ever fear for my life in any of those instances I didn't ever fear for my safety and I didn't ever fear You know like apart from pain, you know what I mean? That's like the the pain of the whooping but I didn't fear of I didn't feel unsafe Mm -hmm. and I knew after the beating was over my parents would still be there. I could still talk to them. I could still relate to them. I could still run to them for safety. Mm. So I get why the state needs to be like, you are not allowed to beat your children. Because there are people who beat their children, mm. and it is not. It is. It crosses from discipline to abuse. Mm. Now, the problem is that, how do you tell people, you are not allowed to beat your children from this point? on? You know, like... it. You know, exactly. it's so it's arbitrary. So I understand the need for the law. But I feel like Trevor Noah made a joke about this. And for context, if we have glorious listeners from all over Africa, please say yes. What's up? Yeah. Trevor <laughs> Noah is a South African comedian, now host of The Daily Show. He's making it big. He said, Spanky, Spanky is for monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> what is Spanky, Spanky? You know what? We don't Spanky, Spanky, we beat. Yeah. And he was making a joke about it, but like, i i know what he meant it was like beating with a belt it was like you felt the pain Mm -hmm. but i actually don't mind a light not a tap (laughs) like a a spanking you know it's like what are you doing stop that you know what i mean but the like you know what i mean that's what and I'm saying it's, with,
0: it's with, abstract From a legal perspective With implementing a law like this You need to start from the root of educating people What beating is Because people have grown up Being mm. beaten They don't know that that even constitutes As beating a yeah. child it's just,
2: it's just just Exactly So as
0: like, much as you're implementing this from the top going down What's happening at the bottom It's going to take years for them to come on board With this whole No um corporal punishment thing and also if you're going to change that law go change customary law because customary law says that if it's according to your culture and tradition you can do whatever you like Mm. that stuff has got you know child marriages and things like that attack that issue because
2: how are you going to separate both well i didn't even think of it that way so i don't know i yeah it's complicated but i also know that i'm not sure yet i haven't decided how exactly i want to do the discipline but i also side with you emmanuel about replacing the spanking with another form of discipline that also shifts discipline based from fear but respect i fear my parents to this day i won't get beat but i fear telling them things where i think i've done wrong you know because i've conditioned me doing anything wrong has a negative a, a consequence that is not necessarily desirable for me.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: So, like, I would love to be a parent where I, like you were saying, explain, converse, be like, this is why, this is right, this is wrong, do not do the wrong because this, and do this because it is yeah. right. I would want to be the kind of parent that has a healthy, Relationship with a child That even they can come to me and be like I did this wrong and I'm sorry And I'll try not to do it again in the future Where the discipline is from a Point of respect it's like I want to make my parents proud Because I know they love me Mm -hmm. And I love them And I respect them It's idyllic yes but that's That's the goal What do you guys think?
0: My goal would be um, And it's because I was raised this way My parents always used to say there's a time for everything So there was a time in my life where spanking was not quote-unquote needed. There was a time when I got to teenage age where they sort of, you know, let go. And there's a time now where I'm living in, you know, like they're in Cameroon, I'm here. And Mm -hmm. there's no, I mean, they're not telling me, they don't know where I am. They don't know if I'm going out. But they've done enough for (laughs) me to be secure enough to know that I respect them. And, um, yeah, so there's a time for everything. Mm.
2: And... Would you say that there's an element of fear in your relationship with your parents? With me, not anymore. Not so anymore. The, there's a
0: time for everything. When I was younger, there was definitely a time where I looked at my dad and I was terrified. Whereas really? now I can phone him up and be like, hey, pops. <laughs> and like, it's it's a different dynamic. Like our relationship, the way it has grown, it has changed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they always said that with us, that now it feels like we are the enemies and it feels like, you know, we're here to what, what, what. But there's going to come a time where
2: you'll thank us for all of this. Mm. Okay, yeah. thanking them <laughs> Okay, yeah. before we get into the thanking part I would love to hear about what you think Fear versus respect That alternative form of discipline You know, like You've touched on it before but
1: Yeah, I mean, I t- I don't like the fear thing You know, my parents When raising my brother and I They created such a high power distance mm-hmm. You know, that's what the psychologists will call it You know, and I'm not close with I'm not particularly close with both my parents, but I respect them, Mm -hmm. you know And that is one thing they've taught my brother and I to be respect everything that I try to do I lead with respect younger than me older than me and that is one thing that I give my sister She knows that if she respects me, I will respect her So if I tell my sister do this and she goes and does the opposite. She's not watching TV for the night Mm -hmm. She doesn't have her tablet, you know, she's gonna sleep early you know, talking about alternate forms Of, of discipline. discipline, yes Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. she has more things that are valuable in her life now Yeah. You know. that's another so,
2: thing So
1: if, if oh. my sister does something wrong She knows she's not going to go out to play Yeah So what is she going to do? She's either going to go to my dad and be like Dad, I'm sorry, I want to go and play Or she'll come to me to intercede on her behalf Cause she knows she has done something wrong <laughs> listen these kids are smart exactly <laughs> oh. so so yeah you know like i'm actually like living it where i'm not trying to be angry at my sister or raise my voice mm. you know but you know always let her be aware yeah you know and you are right everything in its time mm. do you know what i mean mm. yeah so
2: also, people, I'd like to say that I do respect my parents. Let's <laughs> <That's> not get interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, not to claim. I'm just saying, like, when I, I perceive that I've done something wrong, there's very much that instinctive element of fear. Yeah. What will they say? What will they think? As opposed to, I need to tell them so they can help me. You know what I mean? And that's what I want to cultivate with my kids. Yeah.
1: Perfect example.
2: So... Somebody said Our parents said We must thank them Uh, Are we at that point yet? (laughs) (laughs) How Um, have those experiences Shaped you you, Who you have become And you know Like what mm. are the takeaways You know You're at the thanking stage
1: I mean You know There's The one thing you know As a child Is that Your parent loves you
2: Mm. Yes Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you, like...
2: You, they can't not love you. They fed you. They took you to school. They clothed you. They put you, you know. in their car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's love right there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about with your love. Which person do you do all these things Listen. for? Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Yeah, you know, the one thing that I know is that, you know, no matter how much I mess up, you know, my parents will will always love me <clears throat> you know it's up to me to also like bridge bridge that divide but anyways I forgot your question so yeah
0: okay I'll remind you by answering <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes so um, it's you. basically what what should we all have we reached the point oh, of thanking, thanking our parents yes, yes. Um, and I just you, you quickly mentioned the different things that our parents have done to us that prove that they love us and there was someone who did a whole social media rant and they were accusing all African parents of not being um, compassionate and not being able to show love Shame that. <laughs> to <Twitter> handle <laughs> So then I'm joking I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's like we're all kidding <laughs> um, But basically growing up in an African home Those things really did to us That was them showing that they loved us It wasn't mm. that they bought us this fancy gift for Christmas yeah. Or whatever you know gave us a long two hour hug Or anything like that Like Maybe you needed that back then. I didn't really, it was the things that they did, the sacrifices that they made that showed that they love us. And that is basically what um, we're thankful for. And me, especially with my parents, like I'm thankful for the strictness because if they weren't that strict with me, guys, I would be (laughs) in South Africa living my best life, you know, (laughs) I'd be doing things I technically shouldn't be doing. And also- i genuinely think so okay. like i i mean there's a one narrative i don't know if you guys have heard it but in west africa we call someone who's gone abroad out of the country in adjebo and now the first thing Which with like, adjebo means... is like you are you're, you know you're out of the country you've gone overseas so you are now doing the, doing the most doing the, Living most. the life and the thing is every kid who usually Blind goes hair. overseas and comes back is wild <laughs> like it's the narrative yeah. they've come back with piercings or they have tattoos they're westernized the white,
1: girlfriend. white girlfriend but then those things person. are not necessarily
0: bad but that's a, also another episode, another episode <laughs> but, also <from laughs> but and but like yeah but like yeah
2: but i get what you mean mm. because there's an element of respect groundedness um gro- it's like the discipline morphs into something that's like my parents want me to achieve this exactly my parents want me to act this way they gave up this for me to be here well i don't think i even comprehended that well enough at a young age i think that idea of sacrifice only ever you really truly understand when you're older you're Mm -hmm. adulting you're trying to pay bills you're trying to you know what i mean and you see exactly the extent to which your parents have gone to to provide for you but i think i understood in that i saw in them being strict on me for my grades in them being strict on me on say hi to auntie greet them go and say hi help in the kitchen you know like i saw how that those mannerisms paid back in that people Mm. praised me people thought of me as a well-mannered kid Mm. that gave me more clouts in my community, I was always a good two shoes mm. in With the circles. That's right. You know what I mean. And it's like it's not that I'm saying I was better than the other kids, but I saw the response I got from other adults, mm. and you know, um, in that my parents discipline being this way because they knew to get me this far yeah. in life, and has paid off in many ways, as you know, as an older person.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Mm. What's interesting, Emmanuel? Well, I mean, you have... You have both said a couple of things. I mean, I agree with and I disagree with. Um, You know, it's... You actually never know how something will turn out. Mm -hmm. You know, know, our parents did the best, you know, and, you know, they hoped for the best. You know, they did make sacrifices, but it was their responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, so... You can use that as a currency, but i make sacrifices for my sister as well you know Mm -hmm. and i don't expect that i don't expect her to return that currency do you know what i mean because that is you know it can be a definition of love it can be definition of you know being a big brother you Mm -hmm. know however you call it you know but but yeah i will agree on the discipline on the discipline part yeah you know Cause like we could be living our best lives. Listen, we you could. Know? I when I was growing up, I did not have a sleepover ever.
0: Who? Yeah. Let's
1: I not talk not...
3: about ah, sleepovers. And the things we were denied.
1: Not...
0: Oh, we need you a party. Die. I, 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 <laughs> uh, the
2: things that I didn't get to do. I
1: did not. <laughs> I did not have a curfew. I was just, you know, like the going out thing was just not it. And that is just why I wanted to leave home so quickly. Mm. You know. But then when I came here on my own you know, I knew when to chill at home,
3: mm.
1: I knew when I needed to go out, yeah. you know, like I knew how to be safe, Balance. you yeah. know, and that, and that is every parent's, you know, wish to see their kids safe, you know, to see their kids live their dreams, you know, so I guess we can be thankful for our parents. Mm. Yeah, oh,
2: guys, I, th- I, I think so we we play can. this part for them. Yeah, <laughs> like we can be like, thanks mom and dad.
1: Wow! should we wow. Pray for That will actually. <laughs> I'll be... crop
2: out the whole thing. Would you? Would line. you send this podcast episode to your parents and be like, "Hey, mommy, dad, I did this thing."
1: Now I that said you too much. Now that you, <laughs> now that you think about it, it might actually be. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Okay. I want right. to change the relationship I have with my parents. So I'm yeah. definitely gonna do it.
2: Yeah, I think we also must be intentional about recognizing how our ch- how our upbringing shaped who we are and mm. the things we didn't like in being intentional about changing them yeah so people guys i think we've come to the end of this i woof, think woof. it's a good it's a good positive high to end off before we start talking before about anything things, else I you know? <laughs> yeah um guys send us your thoughts and feedback and the question of the week i want to start the thing where i do a question of the week guys let me know if you like it but yeah the question of the week on this episode is would you beat your children so let us know email us um yet at gmail.com find us on instagram yet podcast y-a-t-p-o-d-c-a-s-t instagram.com yet podcast twitter the underscore yet let us know would you beat your kids send us a voice note and email it to us or send us a voice note on instagram instagram is getting fancy now you can
1: spanky spanky you know
2: spanky spanky Spanky. would you spanky spanky if the child would you try not to but then they do something and your arm twitches you know (laughs) (laughs) let us know (laughs) and how was your childhood experience were you beaten as a child and how do you feel about that Thank you, everybody. It's been real. Thank you, Elma. Woo.
1: Thank
2: you, Emmanuel. Follow me on What's up? Yes. Do you want to plug
1: <coughs> yourself, guys? Please. I'll the voice to be reckoned with, please. I'll let Elma start. Please.
2: <clears throat> Hi, everyone. My name
0: is A. Acob, returning again. Um, my Instagram handle is at elma.acob. I'm also a voiceover artist, so if you want to hear more of this, give me a texty-wixy. <laughs> right. Um, Did you hear that switch, guys? The voice to be reckoned with... <laughs>
1: When yeah. was that
2: all along during
1: the, the whole episode? episode? <laughs> 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 mm. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like, handle is Adu Awoku E, A D U A W U K U E. And if you're wondering what my skill set is or what I do, listen i just do cool things oh, okay you know there it just is. call me let me know where i need to be she was talking about voiceover listen i could write that speech oh
2: wow oh. All, all right, right guys come. i'm out <laughs> i'm going to add the handles at the bottom the you know if you want to add you if you want to add some thoughts you know share share your stories to either one of us you know send us through a message let us know thank you for listening and see you on the next episode
0: Sit
2: Whoa. <laughs> when you send us your thoughts and opinions to the question of the week we will feature you on the podcast on a segment i'm calling what you said so send us those voice notes peoples this week on what you said we have tabiso a young south african man who happens to be my housemate here he is responding to our past two episode series on feminism and gender issues if you haven't listened to those episodes please do have a listen they're really good even if i do say so myself (laughs) here's tabiso
4: Well, I am not for feminism at all. Because I think feminism, from its roots or in its basic principles, I feel like it's saying there's something wrong about men, masculinity. That us having the strength we have, like men having physical strength, um, there's something wrong with that, you know? And in most cases, it's an attack more than it is a means of correction or a means of awareness to say women are equal to men. You know, that that goes to gender roles where I personally believe that there are things that men can do and women can't. And these are small things that you don't, we don't have to, to even fight about. Nobody should be forced to do anything. I'm against that. No woman should be forced to cook or forced to stay at home and all that. But also, I cannot shy away from the fact that there are things I can do physically that women can do mentally. There's equity there. And women are much more you know gifted in that area in many senses for example if if a woman or if my girlfriend or my wife i can't tell her to do a garden and these are small things that we overlook but That's where the the fights stem from. The fights are rooted there. the small things that are done household-wise. That's where the fights begin, where people start fighting about, you know, I can do this, I can do that. And that goes close to a micro scale where we talk politics, economics, contribution of each gender and all that. But there are things that does these things like at the household level. That's where I say we are equal. But let's let men be men and women be women. That's all that is. But I mean, if you voluntarily do the garden, that's fine. Or voluntarily do anything that is traditionally seen as a manly thing, that is okay. I'm not saying don't do it. But the fact is I've got a physical strength for it. And you might not.
2: First of all thank you Toby for sending in your thoughts. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to interact with us. So I think it's important for us not to narrow down feminism to something as specific as gender roles. The thing is if we narrow it down to something as specific as looking at the things that men can do because of their physical ability and the things that women can't do then it takes away from what feminism is trying to achieve um feminism in its basic principles because obviously mentioned that the founding principles of feminism especially in the first wave of feminism which began in the 18th century is that it was a way for women to fight for equal economic political and legal rights for men and women um, what happened was women weren't allowed to vote. Women are thought to not have reason. Women are thought were thought to be fragile emotional um not capable of handling some of the things that men took for granted like owning property or um being able to vote or like just speaking in a room full of people and making decisions women didn't own much their husbands owned all the property their husbands owned all the children you know and men had all the power right and that is what feminism is based upon obviously it has evolved over the years like i'm not going to sit here and act like um there are some women out there who you really don't have a uh, let's just say a polite uh, view towards men but you know there's always extremes in any kind of um, system and feminism is not unlike any other belief system so yes some women will hate men some will come across as attacking men but feminism itself does not aim to attack Men. Um, to be so said, feminism feels like an attack on masculinity. It's not an attack on masculinity. Feminism is an attack on toxic masculinity. There's nothing wrong with being letting a man be a man. But if a man is a man and in it practicing his masculinity it um, harms children and other women and even other men, then we have a problem. Because I mean, remember, as women complain about the expectations placed on them by by society and by the economic and political systems and social systems that we live in, so do men. Men are expected to be hard and unemotional and macho and the providers of the family. And of course when that becomes too much or those expectations end up in you acting in a certain way you know expecting to always be the sole voice or you know um having problems expressing your 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 vulnerabilities you know or even just expecting a certain ownership of people especially of women and women's bodies that is when your masculinity is becoming toxic it is not expressing itself in a positive way and that needs to be changed and i think men you must remember the feminism movement Is tackling certain issues that definitely need to be tackled. Also, this is another thing, guys, let's not forget that the media in the 1960s, in response to a lot of the uh, progress that women were making in legal and political and economic spheres, you know, women were getting laws changed and women, you know, were fighting for being able to make decisions about their bodies, you know, and being able to work in certain jobs that they were told they weren't able to work at but they were like wait why not so in response to that in the 1960s which went into the second wave of feminism feminism was painted as women hating men and you know women were just radical and you know they were just crazy lesbian bra burning uh psychos and that idea that feminists hate men is a direct result from media and a portrayal by media to discredit the feminist movement so if you ask feminists whether or not they hate men they don't hate men i don't believe across the board feminists hate men i mean i do believe in creation i am a christian i do believe that men and women are meant to complement each other and i do believe that um there is a purpose in the way we were created um i don't don't believe in using using those those differences differences to the extreme so i think we must challenge ourselves why do we think feminists hate men have you ever had a conversation with a feminist you know have you ever tried and learned about what the basic goals principles uh direction of certain types of feminisms are about have you ever sat down and asked yourself um what exactly would it mean for me to examine my toxic masculinity what exactly would it mean to be an ally for women don't believe what the media portrays and what is just being given to you kind of try and understand it for yourself and have a sort of understanding from your personal point of view and not something that's biased first try and understand the other side and see how that plays with your side so yeah um feminists don't hate men don't believe everything that the media tells you um okay i'm going to stop now i'm going to stop now before i keep talking because i could go on forever But again, thank you, Tabitha, for sending in your thoughts. Thank you for um, extending the conversation. And this is what happens, guys. You send in your thoughts. Send us a voice note. And we have a conversation. This is exactly the vision, guys. Young African Talks. And please subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please share these episodes with a friend. The whole point is to have a conversation amongst young africans living across the continent and again how am i going to know what you guys want to talk about and hear about if you guys are not part of the conversation so please subscribe and tell a friend thank you